opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel? You betcha, Dobby. Comic-Con, steampunk, parallel worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls. So red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Cast Springer Show. Introducing your hosts, Chris, natural leader, singer, Pat, loner, singer, and Randy, you will not survive for long, Saffer. Cast bringers. Hello. Oh, we already lost Randy. Two cast bringers. I I thought I was gonna get a good one, and I don't know what happened. I must have answered some things wrong in that quiz you sent, Chris. But obviously, I would not survive for long. Randy, you must have answered the thing where just I'm going to die, like for every question. Because that was yeah, that was mostly what my answers were. <laughs> Which listen, if you're if we're all being honest here, I mean that is probably what would happen with me as well. I also picked out of the weapons the melee weapon or the bow and arrow compared to guns. That probably wouldn't work out too well either. I went with whatever's handy, man. Whatever's sitting around. Yeah, just whatever they got. Chair, candle, <laughs> applesauce pouch. The applesauce pouch. Host. Wait, what? What? Oh, nothing, guys. Us as weapons? What I'm not going to pick you, rip your arms off, and use them to beat you down when you're your own zombie. You're just going to shove us into the zombies so you can run yeah, away. That's what makes me a natural leader. Shove you to the zombies. <laughs> did, did Chris Lead pick the zombies directly to your partners? Then you win. In the quiz on the random website, did Chris pick Pat and Randy as his most natural weapons he would choose? Mm hmm wasn't that specific it was just like co-hosts of your nerd centered podcast <laughs> okay not Much specific better. at all <laughs> it could be any two other co-hosts that i have a nerd centered yeah. podcast <laughs> maybe an executive producer maybe i'll throw him nick <laughs> super fans uh all right so uh randy what have you been nerding on this week man uh, so for the shows, I got more into Modoc, and I know we talked a little bit last time how the first episode was meh. It gets better. I'm all the way through episode two and three, and it's really fun. It's very weird and and different, um, but in a great way. So I would say stick with it, and it gets really good. Um, also watched Army of the Dead this week. Fits in well with our topic for this podcast today. Um, it was something I would rather not say my opinion now and wait until you guys watch it. Um, which Chris, you'll probably watch it before the next episode and Pat, I don't know if you'll ever watch it, I guess, depending if we make it a segment or not. Um, but it we was make it a segments guaranteed to never watch it. <laughs> exactly. Which I'm might be a good thing, to be honest. I've been playing a uh, broken sword, a mobile game. I think I talked about it last time. Mm -hmm. point, point and click game it's okay it's not great but uh, i'll stick with it because i paid five bucks for it and uh two two other things um reading giant sword club don't know if you guys have heard of this it is an awesome comic on instagram uh it is so good so funny so great Ooh, i highly highly promote it you can probably just friend cast bringers account and read it through there it's pretty easy so sweet but, 
nerd on that. And then the last thing, a big news, Boston Fan Expo was planning on going with a couple buddies, was trying to get you guys to go too. And it was going to be in August and we booked the hotels. We were going to book the flights. And the next day they switched it a full month to September out of nowhere. Um, so sorry if you're listening and you're going to go to fan expo and already booked your flights. Cause that that's a pretty crazy move for them to pull, but I think they did it because Boston's going to be more open in September. Um, so we're not going to that now. So I'm upset about that. Uh, but other than that, just, you know, just hanging and doing nerd stuff. Sweet. Chris, how about you? Let's see. Uh, watched a little bit more of Jupiter's legacy. Um, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. No judgment zone, right, guys? Got into well... some deep conspiracy theories regarding the moon. <laughs> Apparently it's hollow and it's an observational base for staging ground of an alien takeover or experiments or I don't really it's just can't trust the moon anymore from what I read and saw is it in league with the reverse vampires kind of the reason that we don't I'm laughing there was something one of the crazy conspiracy theories was something about the moon is actually like a water control unit, which is why it's linked to the tides or something. Hmm. I don't really, it's hard to explain because you really can't wrap your head around the logic that some of these theories hold. But in anyways, the moon's inside out, backwards, hollow, observationals, whatever. Uh, started Towers of Midnight, book 13 of the Wheel of Time. It's really, really good. I actually slowed it down back to 1.3 because this book is so good. Uh, <laughs> From what were you at, Chris? 1.5. <laughs> so I want to take it in. All the details. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm out of Audible credits, so I figured I should slow it down so I get my new <laughs> credit next month. <laughs> uh, so this is something I'm super excited about. Guys, I started the documentary entitled Helvetica. About ask, ask me what it's about. What is it about? about? It's about the font Helvetica. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a font nerd. Well, I mean, then the only natural follow-up question, Chris, is what is your favorite font? Right now it's Helvetica. <laughs> Guys, you Helvetica is everywhere. You don't know what it is, but it's around you. Chances are you're looking at it right now because I changed the uh, notes to Helvetica. <laughs> Just kidding, I didn't. It's still an aerial. <sighs> Eye roll, aerial. It sounds like Helvetica could be connected to the moon somehow. <laughs> if, it's all, if it's all around us and we don't even know it. it sounds like Helvetica is an ob- ob- hollow observational font. <laughs> So I can't wait to finish that documentary. Uh, I downloaded Thimbleweed Park and I played the first five minutes. It's the Maniac Mansion creators and yeah. the island creators. Yeah. Yep. So I'm excited for that game. I just haven't had time to sit and play play it. I've also looked at a lot of swords lately. Just pictures. Uh, that led me to having auditions for Giant Sword Club recruits. Might see some new faces. 
And also, I'm back into crypto. I mean, did you ever leave? I feel like you were, every episode you're talking about some sort of crypto. See, the thing is, I've never really bought any. Okay. Just read about it and think about what it would be like if I bought some. So did you take the leap? Well, I got the free cryptos for like signing up and you watch some like videos and they give you free like $3 of crypto. So I have like 30 total doubt. Well, it was 30 and then crypto dropped out and that was 21. <laughs> I've lost nine free dollars. <laughs> and now I'm waiting for it to go back up. So there's that. So, Chris, you've set the bar pretty high this week for nerd things from mm. the moon to fonts to... Guys, we're having a show swords. on fonts. This is... I, I don't know how you're going to follow this, Pat, with what you did this week. We're having yeah. a show on fonts. There's, I, I just can't believe we... There's so much to unpack. Just Chris's statements about conspiracy theories regarding well, the moon. I also, and, oh, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Well, it will just like, there's so much there, and we are just not going to dive into it. We, we are going to move right on. And I, just, quick question, though. Maybe that if, should be a future show. Does a reverse vampire put their blood into you? No, a reverse vampire is alive, during, is around during the day, and they go to sleep at night. Sometimes they're called day walkers. Sometimes they're just called reverse oh. vampires. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. But hey, New uh, new movie idea though. Reverse vampire putting their blood into you. Kind of cool. You, no? Isn't that how you become a vampire, anyways? It it depends on the I think on the the mythology right that you're going through. Yeah. Again, we could probably dig in deep here, but real quick, Chris, are there flat mooners? I didn't make it that far into the okay. I'm sure a quick Google search of flat moon would result in something. Oh, I also signed up for the Paleo Pre-Alpha. Ooh, that, that does look good. I was reading about that today. Uh, Animal Crossing MMO. Mm -hmm. Sure, sign Stardew, me up. Stardew Valley. Literally, because I just did. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So I have, to, I have to follow all that up. Um, with really not much, like I think I, Pat just cut and pasted the same stuff he did last week, which is okay. Well, I, I fell still into a good week. theories about the moon. I was yeah. doing reading towers at midnight. Oh, uh, I think that you're reading my name, my oh, line. Oh, right, right. No, I uh, so I just kind of my usual stuff. I've still been been playing Hearthstone. I've been really into Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Uh, mainly, I'm trying to get to the I'm. I think I'm 20 levels away from the end of the of their like tavern pass um, to unlock a bunch of. Cool you can get stuff. the diamond rag. I already got diamond rag, yeah. Oh, of course. Um, but so I've been playing that just and playing a lot of Hearthstone Battlegrounds. That's been super fun. Been way more into that than just the kind of standard card game. Um, I also bought and have been playing Bio Mutant. I know I talked about that last week, saying how I wasn't going to buy it. I lasted, I think maybe. Then on PS5. Yep, I lasted maybe twenty hours before uh, breaking down and purchasing it on on the PlayStation Store. So there we are, been rocking that. Just some crazy hamsters smashing each other. 
uh, more Jupiter's Legacy, just like Chris, got a couple more episodes in. Um, I've, I also fell down a few wiki holes. I was reading a lot about 5D crystal storage, um, also known as Superman crystals. Uh, basically, it's a way to preserve, to archive data and preserve it. Um, the thing with these crystals are is that there's, they can last super long in like different elements and stuff. So it's very, it's ideal for preserving, say, like ancient or not ancient, but just our like most important texts, documents, things like that. Um, I felt I fell down another wiki hole too, but I can't even remember what it was. Um, usually, my one of my go tos is just like horror movies. I'm too scared to actually watch horror movies, so I just read all the Wikipedia's about them, and uh, that makes me just feel a little bit better. So it may have been something like that. It's so funny, Pat. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> the, the Conjuring looked too scary. I'll just read about it. <laughs> I don't know if I can read this. It sounds too scary. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm curious. I'm like, I want to know what happens in this movie, but I'm way too scared to actually watch it. It'll give me nightmares. I, I want to sleep well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Quiet Place 2 comes out. That looks like a great concept. Kind of scary. I might actually watch. No, I don't know. if I'm, ah. Nope, too scary. <laughs> actually, I, I've, I've heard that movie is not that scary. I, that's <laughs> one maybe I would watch. There, There we go. That actually did scare me real quick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's now time for everyone's favorite segment. Did the cast. cast Not even worth it anymore. Army of the Dead. I I didn't watch either of those movies. All right, moving on. It's, it's only fun <laughs> when we know Pat will eventually watch the show, and then we can all talk about it. Even Hexagon is mad at Pat. For there, there's no, yet. there's no shot. I remember it enough to talk about it right oh, now. Now we're all gonna have to watch it again. Yeah, I, I don't really want to. Can we do a different movie? Sure. Jump into Dunkirk. Oh, I haven't seen Dunkirk Ooh, yet. I haven't we'll seen Dunkirk. Right. Did the cast watch Dunkirk? No, none of us did. Nope. All right. On to the multi-strike. Randy, what do you got for us this week? Real quick. I I know we probably shouldn't do this on pod, but Chris did message us through the Zoom chat. Can we hear his wife making toast in the background? Is that code for your dog barking in the background? No, the dog is barking because he wants my wife's toast. Okay. Secondly... What does it sound like when you're making toast? Um, well, it sounds like like knives clanking and toasters moving around and plates getting shuffled. You know, <laughs> it's typical a lot of background action. noise you want on a podcast. <laughs> a lot of toast. My own fault. Going on I'm recording at the kitchen table. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like like toast should maybe be one of the quietest things you could make. Yeah. Like it's just Have you ever eaten well done toast? Bread. It's like crunch. I feel like you would just hear the think of the thing coming up and that's she, You see what she's wearing. Her pajamas, they're like toasty jammies. So I guess it had to be done. Now we got to check the box on the podcast again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, multi-strike. Here we go. So this isn't going to be any smoother because I thought I read the article really well. Uh, Nintendo Direct E3 2021. Uh, I thought it was today and it's not, Um, but I thought they were going to make some announcements. When is it? Next Tuesday, next Thursday. Did you guys read it better than I did? Um, 
because I'm just looking forward to Switch Pro. And there's a lot of rumors circling right now that the Switch Pro may come out. Um, oh, June 15th. Okay, yep. so I really I didn't read it at all. It's in the byline. So I, I was uh, too. Yes, I, I did read and it. Well established, we only read the headlines. Well, yeah, we, we, don't know read bylines. we know this podcast doesn't read bylines. I'm just so excited. I'm going to try and buy the Switch Pro as soon as it comes out. I will stand in line if I need to. I've been waiting for this for about eight months because I thought it was coming out last year. So I'm in the Switch game, guys, as soon as this thing comes out. So I'll be listening June 15th to the 40-minute E3 announcement. But there's a lot of rumors that it's coming out soon or September, sometime between then. And so, Randy, do you know, any, is there any uh, like specifications on the Switch Pro? Like what makes it better? I don't know. I'm not, I'm going into this completely blind. Just sure. the word pro is sucking me in and says it's <laughs> got to be better than the other one. Randy, I, think... I have some crypto pro I can sell you. <laughs> uh, no, thanks, Chris. Um, I, what I did see is the resolution's going to be really good. It's going to be like HD, you know, like one of the top resolutions now on the actual mini screen, I think. So that's all I know. Nice. And I'm, I'm assuming probably battery. That's just usually yeah. one that you can always kind of improve on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have better controllers because the Switch controllers are pretty, like, kind of chintzy. I don't know about yours, Pat, if they've started to drift at all. I know we have one of our four controllers has pretty bad drift on it. Uh, mine are okay. Um, I feel like mine, like once in a while, get a little lodged and drift, but like it, if I wiggle the joystick, it kind of goes back to normal. So it's not that bad yet. But I also, <clears throat> I haven't used mine nearly as much probably as you do, Chris. Well, personally, I don't use it. I oh, have right. children who use it and have uh, eat pancakes with syrup while they're holding the controller. So I don't know if that's controller drift you're experiencing or just... Yeah, well, they also put it in the dog's mouth when they have to go to the bathroom. The controller... Hexagon, hold this controller for me. I have to go potty. Okay. And it, it works because they just covered it in syrup. Right. So the dog's more than willing. I think there may be some other problems there than, than just... But this chintzy <laughs> drift is just not the best plastic, in my opinion. <laughs> It, going back to the switch pro it uh it's definitely going to output well it's all rumors actually everything's a rumor there's nothing official but it's going to be output to 4k it's got a higher gpu it's got nvidia they're they're saying it might be able to compete with the ps5 digital version um it's obviously going to be more money they said it they think it dropped at a french retailer today for like five hundred dollars so it it's just funny that there's actually nothing legit about any of this it's complete rumor so we'll yeah. see that's pretty standard i feel like though for nintendo like they're just yeah. so good you know they lock everything down until they're ready to talk about it i feel like they're the type of company that's like oh look at switch pro it's on sale tomorrow yeah that's what i'm hoping is gonna happen so we'll see <laughs> All right, we'll jump to Chris. What was uh, your article? Guys, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. This is for all, all the crewmates out there. There is an Among Us chicken nugget out there. So sus. So apparently there was an Among Us, a chicken nugget from McDonald's that looks like a crewmate from Among Us 
it's on eBay right now. When I looked at the article, it was $34,443. Pat is holding up his phone. It is at $99,897 right now. Who? It's almost a $100,000 chicken nugget. Who is bidding on this? <laughs> if, if you bid on something on eBay, can you unbid on it? Or are you locked in, like legally bound to pay that? Yes and no. There's ways to get out of it, but you're fairly locked in. Yeah. My understanding. But my thing with it is it doesn't, I mean, it loosely looks like, <laughs> it's very like a, an Among Us character. The like picture, I mean, I can see the outline because it's got like the two legs coming down. Mm-hmm. But then there's that white, I don't know if it's a bite out of it or just a piece where the breading fell off. That's supposed to be like the crewmate eyeglasses, but that doesn't look like. Yeah, no. It... The other thing is it's from a BTS meal, which is. Which is a K-pop band, right? Yeah, it's the it's a special promotion. Um, McDonald's is running with the K-pop band. But who? I'm. But like, does that affect the value? I don't like. Maybe, maybe like, there's a lot of K-pop stands out there. BTS stand might be going yeah, up for. My my thing though is if I'm paying a hundred thousand dollars for an Among Us chicken nugget, it better look exactly like the character. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Not now, how many imposter chicken nuggets? Pun intended are going to be popping up after this. Oh, I'm sure quite a few. Mm. Quite a few. All right. Well... So if you have $100,000 sitting around, buy a chicken nugget. Seems like there could... Or, Chris, invest in crypto. Or invest in your favorite podcast to help it grow. (laughs) Nah, do the chicken nugget. Yeah, do the chicken nugget. Do the chicken nugget. And just eat it. Eat it on camera. (laughs) That's who's bidding. Jake Paul is gonna eat it. Eat it after he buys it. I and I'll be honest. I understood about half of the references you made in that in that whole sentence, Chris. So, <laughs> all right, uh, I'll jump into my article. Mine is about um, so Nintendo. Speaking of Nintendo, um, they are opening up a gallery in one of their old factories in Japan. So they like they're retrofitting this old factory that used to make um like playing cards and I forget what the name of it is uh I think like Hach- Hachimura cards which are like a, uh, a a special kind of playing card popular in Japan and Korea. Uh, so but the factory doesn't make them anymore. I mean, they kind of just had this huge space sitting around that they didn't know what to do with. So they're going to retrofit it uh, by 2024 and turn it into a gallery museum where it'll have um, just kind of various artwork um, display. It it sounded like even interactive displays and like maybe playable games of all their original stuff, um, which just sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a really cool way, especially if you're a Nintendo fan or just a nostalgic video gamer. Um, Something cool to check out. I like it. Well, I, I'm tired of Nintendo putting all the cool things in Japan. Like, it's really far away from here, guys. I would love to go to this. And remember the Super Mario Kart ride, mm-hmm. Nintendo World. Like, what are we just going to have to move to Japan? I don't I, know. I do believe there is plans for a uh, Nintendo World here in the oh, United States. That'd be awesome. Um, I thought I read that. I don't remember. Maybe that'll be an article for next week. If I can you heard it here first, folks. Nintendo land in Breaking the United news. States. <laughs> Possibly. Rumor has it. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, that does it for the multi-strike. Let's move on to the killing blow. <laughs> this week's killing blow was brought to us by not our executive producer, Nick, but our kind of distant second producer. Is there, is there a title for that? Vice the producer. Assistant to the executive producer. Producer is production assistant. Production Best assistant. Production, or production assistant. Andy. Andy's articles talking about um, basically the, the entire article is just uh, kind of like promoting that they want Eric Kripke from, he's a writer from the boys to uh, do the Red Rising series. Um, and also just kind of talks about how Netflix could pick it up. The We've kind of, kind of talked about this in our streaming episode. So check that out if you haven't listened to that. But uh, just how like, you know, Netflix, Amazon, a lot of the streaming services are kind of much more flexible and capable of picking up a kind of a little more niche story like Red Rising, something that may not be quite as popular, but uh, still has a pretty strong uh, fan base. Um, but so what do you guys think about the writer of the boys, Eric Kripke, if, like him, if he were to write Red Rising? I like the boys series. I think they did a good job with it. I don't know how well it would transfer to Red Rising. Mm-hmm. The boys is originally is very in your face, gory, adult themed. Whereas I don't feel Red Rising. Red Rising kind of approaches those themes, but doesn't, but holds itself in back from crossing certain lines. Whereas the boys was like, oh, there's the line. Let's see how far we can go past it. Yes, and I mean, I feel like that. I mean especially in the latter books red rising gets pretty gory like it's i i would say maybe even on par with some of the stuff in the boys um it's probably not right as in your face as it is but um but and so chris i my thoughts my initial thoughts were very similar to yours and then i kind of read the art i actually read through the article and then reading um specifically where they dive into why they think eric Kripke should should do this um and so they talk about kind of his work on supernatural from this from the cw um and then also the boys but just how he's really good with kind of this um supernatural twist on some of these shows but then also his basically his uh skills and layered character development which i think would be really important with red rising especially with darrow like he is i think it would be a difficult character to have on um like a not in a book like on a visual medium just because i think it'd be very easy for him to come off as uh very unlikable and so you have to have someone who really knows what they're doing to make sure he is kind of seen as the protagonist or at least like a likable protagonist because i feel like it could be that's a slippery slope with him to you know hate him kind of so does netflix own the rights to the boys or is this just a completely like netflix of boys is amazon prime or not sorry not the boys netflix owns to red rising does anybody own the rights to red rising yet i don't believe so there's been a couple like attempts to turn it into a movie and a show and they've all fallen through um the last the last anyone heard was um pierce brown had been had tweeted a few things back in i think it was like in 2019 um that he was talking to some companies about turning it into a t- tv series 
Uh, but then like all of a sudden something happened and he was like, stay tuned. Like it's not, it's not moving forward yet. So I think they'll we'll wait see. until it's done. The, the second trilogy is at least done. Could be. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think somebody should adapt it. I'm cool with this guy doing it. Um, if it'll be interesting, like which which route they take with it. Like we're, I think all of us are thinking it should be more adult centric, right? And make yeah. it kind of like and as that's violent what the, and gory uh, as it is. Yeah, yeah. The author has even come out and said he wants an like an R rated mm-hmm. adaptation, whether whether it's TV or movie. Which I mean, I think would it'd be hard to not, you know, to like tone that down, because it again, it's pretty, it gets pretty gory in certain spots. Yeah. I I think they would should go TV an episode episode feature. I I think there's the first couple, the first book, maybe the second book they could do in a movie. Each book is a movie, but once you get into the second trilogy, there's it's very thick story-wise. I don't think you could fit it into a two-hour movie. You'd have to cut a lot out. Yeah. I, um, I not only do I think they should do TV, I, I actually think they should do um, animated. I think just with the, with the success of kind of adult animation, especially in the past like couple of years, and just with the, the world building of, of Red Rising, the series, I think it would, it would come across better if it was animated, I think it would be a lot easier and a lot more cost-effective to portray a lot of the stuff that goes on in the world versus trying to versus having to do like CGI or just a lot of a lot of the stuff they would probably have to do to make it look um, to look good. I mean, think of you know, The Expanse gets great um, great reviews as being like a really great sci-fi show, and what killed it was its budget because it mm. was of all the special effects they needed, and even the special effects that are in the show are not like they're not great. They're not like, and there's not a ton of noticeable. I think they have a lot of like little special effects that you might not pick mm-hmm. up on. They're not like CGI and giant robots and stuff. But you're totally right that that adds up quickly in a budget. Yeah, and I think it's, and I think especially in a sci-fi, you know, in a sci-fi series, you're gonna need a lot of it just to try to, you know, to portray the world that you're trying to live in. Um, versus like versus game of thrones where while it's a fantasy world you can kind of go to there's real world locations right where you can shoot and kind of make get the get the feel for what you're where you're at you don't have to digitize entire planets and surroundings and spaceships for major huge scenes you only you digit like game of thrones you digitize the dragon maybe some fires and have little enhancement on the zombies or whatever but yeah yeah exactly as of right now, I think if I want to see a sci-fi or fantasy show, my go-to would be HBO. I think they they have a good track record of really putting the money where it needs to be for the special effects um, and the story and the right, like, just I can think of so many shows that HBO has done that's so good. Um, and Netflix is getting there, but they just put out so much content that I feel like they don't necessarily you know, sometimes really care about how good it is, or they're just, I don't, I don't know, like, they, like, you get article, buried, it, it, Netflix can bury its own stuff sometimes. Yeah, like I would like this article talks about shadow and bone. So I, I kind of gave up on that. Like I went five episodes in it was a cool idea it just didn't, I don't know where it kind of fit, like it felt young adult, but it also kind of felt like it had some other ideas. And 
I don't know. And HBO seems to kind of nail exactly what they're going for. What I think it's, I think too, like from a business standpoint, it's different strategies. Like Netflix, I feel like, right. They're just, they're mass producing a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff and they figure the fans of these series are going to watch it regardless. And maybe we pick up a few extra subscribers of people who are curious about it, but like, we're we're just going to crank out again, these very like tiny niche stories for certain groups of people and just like, in the long run will appeal to everybody whereas mm-hmm. hbo is just like we wanted to do like very um high like you said high quality very good shows um that will you know just bring bring people bring subscribers basically yeah but anyway i think i mean i hope i think we're all in agreement we hope red rising gets turned into a, into something just because i think it's a great series great story and i want to see it yeah same Awesome. All right. I think that wraps it up for that. Oh, I just remembered we have a new segment. It's I'll ask my nerdy friend. Hey, let me ask him. I'll ask my nerdy friend. Wait, so, would the person asking their nerdy friend wouldn't sound like that, right? I'll ask, I'll ask well, my nerdy let me friend. Ask my nerdy friend. Oh, let me ask my nerdy friend. Oh. Let me ask my nerdy friends. There we go. Uh, so what inspired this segment was I had a, a friend, Amanda. She texted me this weekend um, with a just super out of nowhere text, random question, and asked me, this is going to be what we're going to discuss. Who would win in a fight, Superman or Captain Marvel? So, guys, what do you think? Chris, start with you. There's so many ways to approach this. I think one of the, the simplest ways would just be it's DC versus Marvel. Which do you like better? So you pick. In that case, I would pick Captain Marvel. You go from the power level uh, approach. I don't think anyone can really beat Superman just because he's kind of the definitive superhero. Um, And then also there's been so many versions of Superman, like which Superman is the battle happening? Is it like Superman where he, you know, can go take a shower in the sun and just, just to, you know, zip up or is it, Superman is not quite that strong. But anyways, I go with Superman. He's got heat vision. Randy? Superman. On to the meat and potato. Wait, wait, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. When I when I did answer this question, I also said Superman. I based it off of just Superman's been around longer. Like there's just more stuff written about him, so he probably has more like feats and like demonstrations of power level than captain marvel i think this fight though is probably closer than a lot of people think um but but yeah right like there's like there's superman prime one million like that you guys you know who the real winner is no matter what the fans the fans the fans nailed it I, i think part of the problem too is what's captain marvel's weakness well randy copyright infringements <laughs> uh only because i know superman's is kryptonite so if captain marvel had a kryptonite knife knife or something i'm pretty sure she would win but i i don't know what how i don't know i don't know enough about captain marvel i guess yeah and th- when i did answer the question that's exactly what i said i was like i I know some about Captain Marvel, but I don't know a ton. And there's been like four different Captain Marvels also. Mm. So, and I feel like each version kind of is a little different and crazy. So yeah, you're right. I forgot about the 
the original Captain Marvel. I guess I was immediately thinking of Brie Larson from the movie. Yeah, well, and, and I think and that's Henry what they, Cavill. Yeah, and I think that's what they meant when they asked the question. They they were thinking of like Carol Danvers versus Superman, but yeah. I mean, again, though, I think I think we're all in kind of agreement. It probably does go to Superman. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got to. I think just because we we like Superman love it (laughs) it does it does make me think of the fight between superman and hulk and that one i always have trouble with um because Hulk's strength is exponential based on how angry he is right so and superman's strength can kind of be capped off you would think at a point so who is stronger that one always made me think harder and hulk is immortal right yeah so i don't know that would be a good one but we'll have to wait for a friend to ask us that one to discuss yep we can't talk about it now not allowed to all right let's move on to the meat and potatoes all right so this week on the meat and potatoes we are talking the apocalypse today we are canceling the apocalypse hey, we're talking we're canceling it yeah yeah show's over <laughs> see you guys all right on to our guest caller <laughs> how do we move in this no uh I, guys i just love pacific rim so i just had to include that clip <laughs> it's a great uh great apocalypse movie we came out with this because Sweet Tooth is premiering Friday on Netflix. I'm excited about it. I, like I am very, I'm very curious about it. I, that's definitely a show I'm going to watch. The trailer made it look really interesting. Mm-hmm. I own the whole original series in comics. Okay. How, how did I've you get into that? that? How did you get into that one, Chris? Did you just see and say, this looks interesting? Did you hear about it? Because it's definitely oh, a weird a, one. It was in the phase of when I would just buy every number one on the shelf, especially from Image and Vertigo. That's who published it was Vertigo. So just like, oh, Sweet Tooth number one. Sounds good. I like Jeff Lemire. I like some of his other stuff too. So I picked it up and never read it. But it was a put it on my pull list right away. So I just got all 60-ish. 60? <laughs> Something like that. Did you ever end up getting around to reading it? No. <laughs> I even I even got it off Hoopla um, a couple like two months ago, but never read it. Ugh. And what I can't of... even access it on DC Infinite, but I didn't. What yeah. kind of post-apocalyptic world is Sweet Tooth? Oh yeah, post. It's the <laughs> after something happened. The post-apocalypse. I I thought about that more today. I've never thought about it. So. When we're talking about post-apocalyptic movies, we're not talking about movies that are about the apocalypse, just after the apocalypse. Something's happened that is the apocalypse, and now you have to survive after it. So we're not talking about what the thing was. Like, was it an asteroid? Was, you know, did cryptocurrency suddenly crash and everyone's poor? (laughs) You know, did dragons rise and take over the world? We're so whatever that event was, that doesn't matter. But what if you're canceling the apocalypse? Well, then there's <laughs> no post to cancel it from. Did he mean to say something else or did he mean to say we're oh, no. canceling it? He's canceling the apocalypse. Okay. 
because the apocalypse was the uh, the kaiju's coming and destroying everything. So yeah. we're not going to stop it. We're just going to straight up cancel it. We're canceling it, baby. Okay. All right. I like the writing. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I still got really haven't seen Pacific Rim. We remember we we're going to watch it. We we're going to watch it together. Watch <laughs> Pacific Rim and Dunkirk and Memento. <laughs> I watched Pacific. I watch Pacific Rim like once a month. So <laughs> just tell Why me don't the you next just time. Not watch Pacific Rim one time and watch Memento. I can't. Can't do it. <laughs> um, I think my first post-apocalyptic book might have been and i didn't realize it was it was the was it lois lowry what was the book that he wrote um it wasn't it was the one before gathering blue uh thought you guys would help me out here i guess i should have never heard of any of banking up the wrong crowd buddy hold on hold on is that how that goes if our super fan rob is listening he's yelling at his radio right now because he knows exactly what i'm talking about so we're talking like with the post-apocalypse you do you see like the giver Sorry. when you picture the post-apocalypse do you see like the crum- crumbling city getting overgrown by plants do you see like the desert landscape with just sandstorms blowing and people surviving in little huts or do you see like the jungle with like tree houses that people live in 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 like almost like the Gilligan's Island with like things made out of bamboo radios and stuff like that like what kind of what do you what do you envision in the post-apocalypse actually I think I or do you see like old like you just see like a village from like medieval times where people are just living in like rock huts with yeah ice ice i see ice Everything ice age cold yeah parkas parkas and ice and igloos and everything so yours is kind of like a climate apocalypse pat yeah pretty well, cool. randy we're not talking about the we're talking about post-apocalypse <laughs> oh sorry so we don't know what happened we're just we can see what happened well happened. you can know what happened but that's not what we're talking about okay all right. That's a different episode. We'll do that later. So you're talking about probably should have done it first because this is the post apocalypse. <laughs> you're talking about a post climate apocalypse, then Pat. No. Yes. yes. No. Yes. That is. What I I'm think talking. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like a, um, you know, what are some movies that we could talk about there? The, the day after tomorrow. The day after right? tomorrow is the first one I think of with a yeah. young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Um, but that's not post apocalypse. That's about the apocalypse. They're going still... through the climate change apocalypse. Oh, I'd say the last two minutes are post apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. Another Zack Snyder. Flight. I think everybody now thinks zombies. So when you talk about post apocalypse, they're thinking, what if there were zombies and how would I? And it's funny, a lot of people I talk to are very confident in them being able to survive a zombie apocalypse. No. Um, nope. They're grossly overestimating their own skills. So, so I asked Laurel. I said, "What if we were watching the, the Army of the Dead?" And I was like, "So, what if, what if I became a zombie? What would you do?" She's like, "Oh, I would definitely let you bite me." She's like, "I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and fight without you." She's like, "You can bite me, and we can both be zombies together." That's I was like, cheaper. "I, I was like, that's nice, but I, I don't know if I'd feel good about that. Like, maybe." Maybe you shoot me so I'm not a zombie and you try to survive. <laughs> Maybe a better move there. I don't my, Jamie, my wife, always talks like if there's something like that going on, she's like, I'm just 
she's like, I'm just blowing my own brains out and maybe you do too. She's like, I'm not <laughs> even trying to like live through this. I was like, I think I would want to try to live a little bit. I don't want to just like kill myself. That seems kind of crazy, but I guess, I don't know. I feel like it'd be easier to live than the movies and shows make it seem to be. I really do. Like there's not a, that many people we, in the we're world. We're kind of on the downside of the COVID pandemic and I lost a lot of faith in uh, the humanity is, with that. That's a good point, Chris. Good point. Toilet toilet paper? Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. It literally is probably the closest thing we've come to a real life apocalypse and toilet paper was the number one thing. So moving into post-apocalypse, TP is the new currency. Yeah, whoever has toilet paper has has it all. See, I'm just going to stock up on prunes. I won't have to worry about the toilet paper then. I don't think you... Bananas? Yeah, bananas. Prunes? Yeah, prunes goes the other way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, bananas. That's what I meant. You know what, you know what, Pat, I think you're thinking of is the ice storm of 91. That that was uh, close that was, to a post-apocalyptic situation. That was. I had to live multiple days without power. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Surrounded two, by ice. Two days? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I remember that night we were so excited because we were going to roast hot dogs in the fireplace. And then the power came back on and me and you started crying. <laughs> we wanted to roast hot dogs on the fireplace. So, so upset that the world came back to normal. <laughs> I think I, so do you guys think you would honestly survive or are you, what would be your move there? Well, Randy is a natural leader. <laughs> I would lead us straight into certain doom. <laughs> doom yes certain doom <laughs> chris would you make it from your house to pat's house and survive i guess let's start there well we used to have a plan that we would uh meet at the lake house for to live out the post-apocalypse oh where's this we lake have house? since sold the lake house oh no so that plan's out. <laughs> that one's done. <laughs> Back to the drawing board on our post-apocalypse plans. The idea for the lake house was then it, it just takes away one area we have to defend. We can we would only have to defend like <laughs> you know in front of us. So it's I was gone. did have to do uh walk around to do some of our the with the fire inspector for our school. I got the chance to do that this week. And as I'm walking around, I'm thinking about um a school in a bus garage would make a great base for a post-apocalyptic society. Think about like the school, it's usually pretty big. It usually has a solid roof so you could easily post watchers or guards on the roof. You know, you have classrooms that could be like mini um, areas for you know each family or two families split a classroom for housing. And then you have, you know, big gathering spaces like the gym, the cafeteria, where you could, you know, have people and, and activities. And then it's usually on a pretty nice size of plot of land. So you have some outdoor stuff. And then it comes with full kitchens and, you know, you got to cook for hundreds of people every day. So you got an established kitchen. And, you know, if you have the bus garages right there too, then you have like the tools and the mechanics and stuff like that around for repairs and everything. So it was funny. We're walking around with the fire inspector. I'm like, 
Oh man, because we will get to go down into like the boiler room and this the, the basement storage and everything like that. I'm like, oh yeah, school. It, the school work. is the place to go, and it's got you know they're usually divided into separate hallways or wings or whatever, so you could easily shut down or block something off if you know zombies or brigands broke into one area. The yeah, biggest thing I think would be would be power. You got to get some some solar panels mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we usually got nice flat roofs that you could install something yeah. like that if you have it. I, I guess what type of apocalypse it would be because I've seen a. Ton it doesn't of... matter. We've Randy, you. Yeah. It doesn't well, matter. Well, Chris, what saying. if the apocalypse? The apocalypse was the asteroid hits the school. Yeah. They go to the next town over. <laughs> Every town's got a school. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris, you were you were in the school that got hit with the asteroid. Well, as the natural leader, it wouldn't matter. I'd lead us past that into our new, I would incorporate the asteroid into the building and use it to power Is this like everything a, we need. Because it's an it, electric asteroid. Conan the Barbarian animated series where you have Star yes. on the asteroid. See, what? well, the asteroid vibrates, vibrates at a higher frequency than humans are used to, which then that frequency, in fact, generates electricity. So, wait, so you just have that, to jab a couple wires into it, and you're good to go. Infinite the, power. Is that the basis for the Conan magic sword? Nope. Oh, okay. But I just made it up because my post-apocalypse. It's pretty good. I'm going to steal that idea and make a book out of it. <laughs> what we should I, do is make a podcast about it. I I See, I think, Chris, if it if it's a zombie apocalypse, the, the school's a horrible place to go. I've seen too many shows and movies where there's just too many entrances. There's too many ways for them to get in and they get one and it just sweeps through the whole school. Yeah. It takes too much manpower to like be able to guard all of it. It's, it's like yeah. too big. Like it, like I, I think like an old school. So one maybe that's a little smaller would be like good. from like the seventies, sixties or seventies yeah. mm-hmm. that maybe only has like, five classrooms like an elementary school yeah like a, like our, our catholic elementary school that was a small mm-hmm. school something like that would be i think a little easier a little easier to maintain but i do like your thinking chris like i thought a mall yeah. would be pretty cool like the rondequite mall would be an awesome place to like hold out there because it's huge and there's so many areas depending on the apocalypse obviously but that one would be pretty neat so now, in thinking of post, we've kind of talked about like what is our favorite just general plot for post-apocalypse. Any standouts that you guys have of like post-apocalyptic stories or TV shows or movies or anything like that? Yeah, I, I do. You guys remember what was the show? It was like three or four years ago, where suddenly all electricity stopped. Yep. And then there was just like people living through that. I don't remember the name of the show. But then the the monsters were like electric aliens, or is that a, that's not what you're talking about? I don't remember. I, I only watched the first three episodes. Oh, it was a show. Okay, I'm talking about a movie. No, um, it was a show. And the whole show's about no electricity. Yeah, and then oh, what show was that? Yes, I know exactly what. You're I love just that post-apocalyptic take on things. People yeah. just trying to survive, and like batteries are the only thing that still works. So batteries are worth billions but then they just had like stacks and stacks of old cell phones because they were useless now and they were like do a couple scenes and doing like funny things with them revolution 
Yes. Yeah. I, that was a really cool, I only watched a couple episodes, but you're right, Chris, that was a cool idea. I think we, everyone watched like the first two or three episodes because it was such a cool idea, but mm. then just, nothing really, they didn't have anything to suck you in except the cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved in this, I don't know if you kind of think of it like this, but lost, I always felt had a, a post-apocalyptic feel like to me, post-apocalypse, your life is completely different than it was before you're upended and you have to live completely differently. And that I always thought was a cool idea was like, now your life is surrounded by these strangers essentially. And you got to survive on this Island that a giant smoke monster is trying to kill you. But without that part, I thought it was, that would be a cool one. Yeah. I don't know if we're counting that or not. I, I would count that. I mean, I, I get your line of thinking, right. That it's like a huge disaster, right. That happens. Mm-hmm. And now you have to like try to survive and live through it. I can and, see it. Yeah. And you're cut off from the rest of the world. I, <laughs> I, I don't know this, you, you guys are talking and I'm really thinking hard about it. I don't like it when in post-apocalyptic movies, there's a society that kind of groups and comes back together. Like I kind of root against that. So I don't know if that just means I love people living in a post-apocalyptic world that's not like our own, or I just don't want people to be happy. I'm not sure, but I I can think of several instances, like Walking Dead's a perfect one when they start to get back to normal and like the kids are starting to learn at school and people are starting to get their jobs. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I want to see it back where, like, I'm like, this, is, this isn't what I want to see. And I don't know, maybe I just- but You know, oh, I'm, I'm all right with people getting the society back together and like people getting jobs. It'll make them like post-apocalyptic jobs. Now you're not a mechanic. You're a mechanic for like post-apocalyptic war machines. You know, now you're, you're not a banker. You're the night guard who has to patrol the wall and stop the mutated monsters, animals from getting in. Mm -hmm. Is it weird that the first post-apocalyptic job I can think of was like mushroom farmer? Like, Oh, (laughs) all we can grow are mushrooms. So you got to grow all these like stupid mushrooms. This is all we eat, idiot. Grow, grow the mushrooms. On a, on a side note, I met some mushroom farmers last summer. They make a ton of money off mushrooms. Like what? I didn't realize how much you could make. Yeah, a ton. Because there's so many different types and they go what to farm kind markets. What kind of mushrooms are they farming? <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're appropriate for this podcast, mushrooms. Um, but that's a side note. I was going to say, going back to your question, Pat, The Passage. Have you guys ever read that? Justin Cronin? Oh, that's the like vampire one, right? Yeah, that one was a very cool post-apocalyptic world because it showed the apocalypse in the beginning for the first part of the book, which I won't talk about at all. But then <laughs> post-apocalyptic. Thank you for ju- respecting the podcast. Right? You're welcome. Uh, they jumped like 100 years or maybe the second book, they jumped like 100 years and it was really cool to see how they built up like a society, like a hundred years after the apocalypse, not like two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. And I like those stories too, where society's totally different. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever read or see the movie, The Road? Cormac was, McCarthy? Yeah, that was that, really good. That's my first thought actually, is just a guy walking down a road, mm-hmm. an empty road. One of a show I recently watched that was, pretty like a cool concept i don't think it was executed well but was a daybreak on netflix it's like yes i completely agree with you yeah it was like a so for listeners out there who may not be familiar with it it's a zombie series but it kind of it's like about a high school kid who's surviving the zombie apocalypse so it takes like a ferris bueller's day off kind of like vibe to it 
while going through the zombie apocalypse and so like the idea is really good even the actors and stuff i didn't think were that bad i think just the writing is like really corny i I don't really think we were the target audience for that show that's fair they were shooting a little younger (laughs) and i agree it was it was cool because it was you know the whole plot is that something happened to the adults and the kids, the teenagers took over high schoolers. And so they, it was kind of their life in the post-apocalypse. Yeah. But again, poor execution. Yeah. But uh, but that one came to mind. And then again, we've talked about it a ton on the app ep- or on different episodes, but Horizon Zero Dawn. That yeah. Just the, the world building in that. And again, that's very post-apocalyptic because that takes place mm-hmm. like 10,000 years after the fall of humanity and so just like learning about the world is so cool. Uh, learning about what the actual apocalypse was, but then also just being in this world. No, we're not talking about that. Right. So being <laughs> in the world with the giant robot monsters and having to use them to- That actually, cool you're, I think you're nailing it on that, that that is one of the coolest post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I always like to think of like when you're playing mm-hmm. Zelda, that that's a post-apocalypse too. I mean, yeah, that's true. Oh, I never thought about that. It is. Especially like Breath of the Wild, because that mm-hmm. really is like very much so. It's a post-apocalypse for a different world, but it it is, and it it sucks you in for sure. I I think of the Book of Eli also that that one that yeah. world I really liked, one, yeah. and that that felt like a Mad Max ish type of world too, which I also I like that Mad like Max that, that Mad Max right. Yeah, but but Mad Max itself, right? That's is a, it's the original. I, I think now we touch it. Mad Max is probably the the like first post apocalyptic uh, movie that or Planet of the Apes that comes to mind. Oh, good call. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Mad Max. Yeah, I and that's the more like desert kind of version mm-hmm. we're talking about with, with Mad Max, and then obviously jungle jungle version. Um, but that 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 with Waterworld, obviously, again, that version, you know, opposite a desert. But um, those are just it, it's it's a it's such a great starting point for a story because you're let your imagination run wild of okay, now what what's going to happen here? You know, I did I do like the Waterworld concept too of of uh, like take out the dry land portion, but and just have people survive and you know like the floating islands and like all the different crazy boats uh oh, don't get, is... yeah it was awesome don't get me wrong yeah. it was i loved water world i don't care what anybody says nice um and then i was thinking of books too like uh just some like weird I, rob had me read a book called wool did you guys ever read that one yes i did read that that, that was cool idea what is it chris essentially they're trapped in like a silo i don't remember exactly uh is wool the first one there's a trilogy i think wool is the first first one one. yeah and so like society there again there's been some sort of apocalypse and society is condensed into one enormous silo that just goes like like you know goes down four miles underground and it's like each layer of society is like you know floor zero to 50 is the workers and then you go up to like you know 51 to 100 is the uh you know the farmers and then the next level is like the 
merchants and then you have like the at the top is like the lawmakers and the um computer tech people and so it's just like that interaction there's a it's a big world expanding type of uh book too so you don't get um i don't don't want to spoil it for anyone but it's got some pretty cool reveals in it and then a lot of the especially the first half of the book is just how that silo um you know functions as a society but then that also brings to mind the uh the train movie or the train storm piercer yeah Yeah, i was just thinking of that too which i would have thought was a horrible idea and then i watched the movie i was like this was awesome i love the movie i want to watch the show i just haven't gotten around to it but you have the it's based on a french graphic novel they got the graphic novel from the library and it is the graphic novel is awesome too is it okay That, those I have so much respect for is you're taking a crazy idea and somehow you're making like a whole story, a whole movie. You pull it off too. Yeah, and you pull it off. It's great. Love it. Any final thoughts, guys, on just post-apocalyptic uh, societies? I, final thought? I'm just sad Randy's not going to be around. <laughs> not going to make it, man. Not going to make it. I'll be dead. Gonna bite find it a new the apocalypse. Not going to live to the post-apocalypse. I'll find a new co-host, boys. Quick well, question. Chris. What would you define as the start of it moves from this is the apocalypse to this is the post-apocalypse? It, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, I think it is when whenever whatever thing caused the apocalypse subsides and you're now at the point where you're trying to like re-establish some sort of society or when people stop dying from what happened yeah and the the birth rates are the go increasing or the i wouldn't even say increasing but you're just you're able to kind of be more stable yeah you're not in this like kind of state of flux or like constant fear of death i think many societies start growing where you're able to overcome whatever that was that did it so I guess it depends on what did it, essentially. Yeah, but we're not talking about that right no, we're now. Not. <laughs> what? All right, I got a question for you guys. So we apocalypse came up. Um, I've just been racking my brain about Superman, of course, all the time because all the rumors about the new movie and whatnot, the TV show. I'm like, have they ever done a post-apocalyptic Earth Superman? I know they did, um, the old man Superman. I, oh, Kingdom Come Superman. But have they ever done a post-apocalyptic Earth Superman that you guys know of? Um, the closest I could I can think of would be like Injustice, but that's a little different because that's like kind of in the middle of the apocalypse, or if you call it post-apocalypse, it's brought about by Superman. Himself. Yeah, I think no, that's no, what no. I've always is Superman is a direct cause of the apocalypse in the stories I can think of. What I was thinking was not where Superman is still good Superman because that one's obviously now you're changing who Superman is. I was like, that could be kind of a cool story, maybe like working around that a little bit. I don't know. In a different like somehow Superman gets you know knocked out or put almost okay. or you could go like the uh Planet of the Apes where Superman is off of Earth for however many years and he comes back hundreds thousands of years later and earth is like taken over by lex Luthor clones and it's the post-apocalypse and 
everyone's enslaved and Superman has to save everyone. Okay. I love that idea, Chris. I also had one. What if there was a atomic Krypton, kryptonite bomb? And so those all exploded over the earth. And now Superman, when he goes into those ranges where the radio radiation is, he can't get into those areas and still contain his full powers because of the kryptonite radiation. And so now those areas, and if you do across the world, become like post-apocalyptic areas. I don't know if that's ever been done so before. Have, I like that because then you could have the non-radioactive areas be mm. um, like utopian societies yeah, like where superman can still go yeah and they're they're flourishing but then you have the radiation zones where superman can't go and they're like those are run by the villains yeah. or he can go but it just affects him and makes him weaker yeah. so he that, can only be in there for a couple of minutes yeah. at a time and guys we yeah. got it we solved the problem of superman dc it. contact cast bring us up right because we're not contacting you guys we need you to reach out to us please have your people call our people which is just us (laughs) we'll have you on the podcast it'll be great all of dc (laughs) all of them Uh, every single one hey Mm -hmm. we're it's on zoom we can fit a bunch of people it's all good all right so that wraps up that new segment of how to fix superman and using a post-apocalyptic world all right nailed it all right well that brings us i think that wraps it up for our meat and potatoes we can kind of start to fade out the episode here going towards the apocalypse but first we have a phone call hey gentlemen how have you been been a long time seeing you hello who's this me mario media executive listen the snyder cut was so successful you guys did great. Uh-huh. You also know apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic movies are big right now. Real big. Big, big money big. I mean, are they that big? I haven't seen a post-apocalyptic big movie. Oh. money. We're going to have Snyder cut an apocalypse. Well, he kind of already did that. He just made that zombie movie. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again. But he's going to do it again. Bigger. Why? Money, baby, in the bank. In what bank? Your bank, my bank, all the banks. And then we're going to take that money and buy crypto. <laughs> crypto night? Like the, the dog? Superman. Hold on, I got a thing. Have your people call me. Bye. You don't, okay. You know, what's interesting is I, I'm pretty sure that was a real exec because I did read that they already have two prequels and one sequel um being written for army of the dead (laughs) so i guess they are expanding it i mean randy despite your opinions of the movie it's been like top five on netflix for like since it came out okay people are so i agree pat does that mean people like it or are people watching it well people are watching it right people are watching it netflix yeah It, it, it was entertaining I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I need help. I need you, you think guys to watch release it. a Snyder cut of his own movie. He actually addressed that, and he was already like, "No," because <laughs> I was, because I actually was able to make this movie the way I wanted. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna release a Whedon cut of Snyder's movie? <laughs> <laughs> what would that even look like? I don't know, but there'd probably be some controversy. <laughs> yeah. I bet your Ray Fisher's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, too soon. Yeah. 
Oh, now man. Jess Wheaton is never going to be on our show. That, you know, that's that's fine. That guy seems kind of like a scumbag. It, so. it, oh, no, he's definitely not going to be on it. It's so funny. Somebody I work with who knows nothing about any of this was watching The Irregulars, his show, and she's like, it's so weird. Like, uh, more than halfway through it, I we get to an episode. She's like, and it's all of a sudden, like, they did a totally different show. Like, the episode didn't fit the the theme or anything, the pacing of any of the other episodes. I'm like, Oh, funny you say that. I'm pretty sure that's when they probably pulled Joss Whedon off yeah, of his own show. Fired him because he's a huge jerk. She doesn't even know who Joss Whedon is, but I, I thought it was so funny. She probably is right, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, that's good. All right, that'll about do it for our episode today. But first, we got to get to the D&D character of the week. This week's D&D character is Rixine. Rixine is a 27-year-old female goblin wizard with a sailor background. Oi! I'm loyal to my captain first and foremost. To me, the best way to get to know a new city is to have a nice tavern brawl. Because once I start drinking, it's hard to stop. At a young age, I received divine insight that sent me on my path. And I still occasionally receive visions that guide me. I enjoy outlandish and flamboyant clothes, and I am protective of my diary, even though it's written in a language I don't understand. I value self-sacrifice, but I am susceptible to romance and or forbidden love. That was Rixine. So, so, so I, does Rixine write in a language what's up? she doesn't understand? <laughs> no, it's not her diary. It's her, she's protective of her diary. She's protective of a diary. No, it says, I am, she said, I am protective of my diary. Yeah, she owns the diary, but she didn't write it. Well, it's not her diary. Right. But she does, she owns it. She has, is in possession of it. It's hers. Yeah, that, Chris, you're right. Something doesn't seem right there. She's protective of her diary that she can't understand. But a yeah. diary is something you write yourself. So how did she write a language she doesn't understand? She didn't write it, guys. Yeah, but if she's writing it, but she didn't. This one say she is evil to me. Sounds pretty chaotic, especially no, with she's, her she's, a voice she's like that. She's protecting this innocent person's diary, even though she can't understand it. Okay, so she's it's somebody else's back. diary she took. This forbidden love. That's evil. Romeo and Juliet, were they evil? Forbidden. I mean, there's only one way to solve it. Neutral. 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 All right. I feel so like these characters evil. have more of a background than my character I'm actually using in a D&D <laughs> campaign right now. I would actually love to play Rexine. <laughs> I couldn't... Thinking... Goblin wizard, a sailor goblin wizard. Oh my gosh, that sounds that sounds so fun. It also sounds like people just threw darts at a board. <laughs> let's let's spin the race wheel. Let's spin the class wheel. Let's spin the job wheel. I was gonna say I couldn't see my screen during that whole time, and I'm not sure who was who was calling in as her, um, but whoever it was. Either they practiced before this one or just a natural sailor goblin goblin wizard 
uh it was great or or maybe that person does some goblin impressions on the side <laughs> it's totally really fun. worked on that craft maybe <laughs> they haven't eaten uh meat in three stinking days oh they're a vegan goblin <laughs> Not by choice. Meat and free stinking days. Yeah, I'll be meat you bread. We have some parries this week. Eggs? We could eat them. Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. <laughs> it's the wrong spot. All right. So, guys, before we go, though, we got to give our recommendations. Chris, what do you got for us to play this week? I'm still thinking about that nugget. Super sus. Play some Among Us. Among Find us. out the imposter. Find out where that nugget's from. Love it. Randy, what about Watch? Modoc on Hulu while you're eating that nugget. Awesome. I'll take the read this week. Uh, mine was kind of in thinking about some post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. That was one of the actually one of the wiki holes I fell down that I meant to talk about earlier. And uh, I'm starting to uh, starting to read it. So read it along with me. Foundation series. Check it out. I actually it will. With your eyes or your ears? Ears, baby. Always ears. Pat, I actually will. What Are you starting on the first book of the series? Which one? First book chronologically or first book? Like yeah. Okay. We, yeah, I don't know. We, I guess we got to figure that out. Because I, I would probably, confusing. I'm probably going to do the original trilogy first. So that it would be like book. Um, It's the first book he wrote, but it would be. Chrono- like in the chronology chronology of the story it would be i think like number four or okay number three. but the first one he wrote then right mm-hmm. okay i'll read it with you because i've been wanting to get on that for a while i will too sweet Ooh, book club book club all right well that's going to do it for this oh. week's episode of cast bringers randy what do you got we talk about our parries real quick because i had two of them oh uh, yeah drop them Two articles. Uh, they're going to get tweeted out. The original Super Mario Brothers movie gets an extended cut fan release. And um, beautiful self-rolling Catan board lights up. So it's, uh, well, I can't read the rest of the title, I guess, in this link. So it's, I think it's so it's easy to see what resources you need to collect. Um, both great articles. Read them. Sweet. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Cast Bringers. Remember, check us out on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter where you can check out the parries and our articles of the week from the uh, Multi-Strike and Killing Blow. Follow them at Seabringers. And then also, as always, if you have any articles or anything you want to submit to the show, you can always email us castbringers at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us for this week. Remember, we'll keep casting, you keep listening. You know, Termite walks into a bar, asks, is the bartender here? Wouldn't you like to know? No, no. <laughs> hey guys, guys. I'm the trying bar to... tender. Bar the tender. Is the bar tender here? <laughs> he's, he's termite oh wood. God. He's that actually got me. That actually made me laugh. Is, a little is bit. the wood? Like is it?
Wait, guys, guys. Is it soft? I can't spell the word apocalypse, but I've been really practicing and I'm getting better at it. (laughs) I'm getting better at it. Guys, you should only make chili with 239 beans. Why? One more would make it 240. Ah. So? There once was a man from Nantucket. Oh, stop recording. Stop recording. Stop recording. Stop recording.